The Manage Smarter Show is brought to you by SalesQuid, the app that helps salespeople discover why they miss quota and what to do about it. Find out more at salescred.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. We've talked a lot on the show about revenue, but there is some new thought leadership uh, from our guest today about consistently increasing revenue. And that's not an easy thing to do. Usually it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Especially when the economy is going on a roller coaster ride. So we're going to try to align ourselves with, with that. And my friend Anthony Anarino that has just written a new book, uh, which you're going to introduce to us. In. And actually, when you see Anthony or whatever, it's like he's got like all of his books. So <laughs> that, that'll be great. Wonderful. But actually, yeah, it's behind my, it's, it's, it's over my shoulder right here. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from him about that. That's right. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. My name is Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the president and CEO and I'm and founder of SalesFuel. And your buddy, Anthony Anarino, is our guest. <laughs> he is a writer, speaker, salesperson, sales leader, entrepreneur, publishes a daily blog at thesalesblog.com, or since you're both in Ohio, I should say the thesalesblog.com. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> funny. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Author of the new book, Leading Growth, The Proven Formula for Consistently Increasing Revenue, an expert guide to enabling revenue gro- growth. And um, I, Anthony, I'm going to read the description off of Amazon because I thought this was great to really give people an idea of the content. Exploring the fundamentals of organizational leadership, including vision, transformation, strategy, communication, and decision-making, and new frameworks for growth involving people, planning, pipeline, and efficacy that make up your strategy. So what was the inspiration for taking another bite at the revenue wheel? Well, Books one, two, three, and four were all for salespeople. So that's all I had done. Four books, all for reps. And if you if you do what we do, then you eventually realize you have to help sales managers who are really the only thing that's going to cause uh, growth or what I had one uh, client describe as negative growth. Uh, and I'm, that's actually just called shrinking. It's, it's, it's not growth. It's going the other direction. Uh, when you realize that sales management, and I, and I am a sales manager and a sales leader, it's one of the hardest things that you can do in business. And there's a whole bunch of variables that make it difficult. Like the accounting uh, company, like the accounting department in your business isn't it's not competing with another accounting department somewhere else for trying to figure out how math works. But in our business, you have competition. You have a variability of skills and effectiveness on your sales force. You have things like uh, recessions that happen. You lose accounts to your competitors while you're trying to steal their uh, customers away from them. It's just a very difficult thing to do. And then, you now have, and I wrote about this last Sunday, just about how broken sales is. It's completely, totally broken, and in large part because we've decided that instead of working with people, we're just going to buy them technological toys that they can use that steal their time and make them less effective than they've ever been and, and making it even harder to get revenue growth. And then you know, with that, my experience, as, as similar to yours, is, is that... 
uh, you know, the most important job that a sales manager has to do is not only with his or her own team, but also, you know, across department. You mentioned the accounting department just just being one of them. There, there's marketing. There's all kinds of other departments, you know, the logistics and the people that actually pump product out for many companies. Uh, you know, that's a challenge. It's it's hard when you have two masters. So what I see is that the company really wants the sales manager to work for the company. And if you're going to have revenue growth, then you're going to have to work for your team. And and those are two very different ideas. I know one company that literally forecasts every day. So their sales managers have to report up a forecast that is 24 hours old. It makes no sense at all. Like nothing happens in that period of time. But that's how they run their business. And everybody's got these giant dashboards and they're looking at all of the metrics. But looking at the metrics is just not the same thing as having true accountability where an individual salesperson has to self-report. Like if you look at their, their metrics on your dashboard and you don't do anything about it immediately, you've condoned uh, bad behavior. That's what mm-hmm. you've done. You said, I'm going to accept it. My standards are low. Your standards are low. We'll have low standards together. We won't bother each other. And we'll just try to, to get along and get, get through this thing. That's basically how a lot of people do it. But when you make somebody say out loud, uh, Lee, I didn't have any meetings last week and I created no new opportunities and I didn't advance any of the opportunities that are in the pipeline at all. Now, if you have to say that maybe three or four times, uh, you're going to feel really, really un- unhappy with yourself. And I'm going to start giving you some of that pressure that you should feel that you don't want to ever show up at a meeting and not be able to say, I had three meetings last week. Two of them are opportunities. I disqualified the third and I moved two deals forward from discovery into the next stage. Now, if you did that, that sounds pretty good. But if you let people do whatever they want to do and you don't check that, then you have no accountability and you have no standards and then you won't get growth. So that is the the mm-hmm. far end of this is where that is. But if you engage, if you're constantly talking to your team, I mean, in communication, in most sales organizations, there's too little of it. And the best sales organizations that I get to see, they continually communicate Um, And like, it's a relentless communication and they're always changing the stories. They're always changing the data. They're always giving you some new look at the same thing because they want you to believe that these things are true and they're good and they're right. And you're going to pursue, pursue them. So if you have that kind of communication and you have a relationship and you're working on effectiveness, you can grow every year. If you don't have that, though, you can make it really, really hard to even stay the same. And how do you learn something like this? Uh, First, you lose your largest account. uh, That was $6 million a year. And then you have a $3 million churn naturally in your business. So you need $9 million to get back to even. I did that three years in a row. Three years in a row, I lost my largest. I lost my largest again. And I, I had a, a bad a bad year because of a, a recession. It's very hard to do the same number all those three years in a row. I got back to the same number, $38 million, three times, three years in a row. And, and after that, I realized that I, I wasn't doing this well and that I had to do something about the churn. 
And I had to make sure that if we were going to lose an account uh, that spent $6 million, I need another one that does $6 million. And I, I worked all my time on that to figure out, like, how do you get rid of that churn so that you can go forward? The next year, I went to $46 million, though. So that, that was a good jump by getting uh, some of my problems out of my way. This is what makes this a hard job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Other so than, you, you mentioned about the communication, and, and now you let's say that you, you have a process, and you, now you need to communicate that process, which requires buy-in. It's like, I mean, you start off in your new book, I mean, just hitting us, dropping truth right from the very beginning. You didn't mess around with this one, and you talked about uh, 16 or no, 13 enrollment strategies that, that you and Seth Godin put together. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that, because I think that's very useful. Uh, Seth is a friend of mine. And uh, I, I've been to his place. The reason I'm in this loft right here is because I went to visit him and he had a three bedroom condo as his office. And he had like, they're, they're roasting coffee beans. And I mean, it, it's an amazing place. Like you would Does think- he know where the Splenda is? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know if he does. <laughs> he, he's, a, he, he's an interesting guy. And I happen to be sitting outside of uh, a, a company that I was going to visit. And I was just wondering like, how, why, where's the literature on enrollment? I mean, we know we want to enroll people. We know we're trying to get commitment instead of compliance. We know this. And I, I sent him an email and uh, the email said, where is there any literature about enrollment? And he said, there, there isn't any. So we're having this email, uh, conversation. And, and he said, you know, I should write something about that. And I said, uh, could you do it by noon? Uh, that would be really <laughs> helpful for me if you could get it done that fast. And when I left the, the company and I went to my email, there was an email of the blog post that he posted after I asked him to write something. And uh, he included me on that. And if, if Seth ever includes your book on a, an a, a blog post, you will be number one in whatever category you, you were in every time he does that. He's got, he's got a lot of power and a lot of uh, people take his advice. So he wrote it for me and I read it. And then I, I made my list and I sent it to him. And I said, this is my list of enrollment strategies. And uh, he said, I have three more. And he sent them back to me. And he added his three to it, which was great. And it was very helpful for me doing that. So I I have a relationship with him. And he does care about things like enrolling people and actually giving themselves over to something like that, which is what we're really trying to do. Like We're really trying to get our team to just give themselves over to our vision, to our goals, to all the things that we have to do and understand that we can make a difference if, if we do those things, like we can make a difference for, and I keep thinking about this, uh, Lee, there's this sort of stakeholder map, I guess you could call it. Like if we don't help the salesperson, they don't make the income that they need. So -hmm. they get hurt. And then if they have a family, then their family is not getting the income that they should be getting because we have a low standard. And then you think about, well, the clients that we're supposed to be calling on aren't getting the best results because we're not engaged with them, because we're not prospecting enough and not booking enough meetings. And then you think about your own company and your own company doesn't get the revenue 
and doesn't acquire the client. So everybody gets hurt when we don't do the right thing. Every single workers don't get the breezes and things like that, 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 that they want and nowadays need to actually just to keep pace. What's going right. on? Well, yeah. Inflation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we, than- we, we have to have high standards and we right. have to make sure everybody does the right work in the right way at the right time. Do you have a favorite of the 13? The favorite of the 13. You know, I have a very, a good number (laughs) (laughs) or not. (laughs) The one that I care the most about, I I care about all these or I wouldn't write a book about it, but the Mm -hmm. one I care the most about is the effective effectiveness of a salesperson. Mm -hmm. That, that I believe is the largest variable is, is how good are the reps if your sales reps are growing and they've got a modern approach and they can create value for people and they can help them understand what they need to do to get better results, that's, that's where I think all of the action is. And that's why I'm sort of always on the other side of the technology. Now, I like technology. I think you need a CRM. I think you need uh, Zoom info. I think you need something like that so you don't have to do a bunch of research. You can actually just start dialing phone numbers. But a lot of the other things are all gimmicks and shiny objects, and I'm, I'm sure that they're all useful in some way, but there is nothing that can replace the conversation between a salesperson and their prospective client. There's nothing that you can do that creates the same value as that conversation. Mm-hmm. Other than the lack of communication, what other barriers for transformation are your maybe other top two people need to be most aware of? I'll give you uh, I'll give you two. So the first one is your history of transformations. I've spoken to the same companies three years in a row. In the first year, the theme was challengers. They decided they were going to be challengers. Great. Okay, so good. They're going to modernize their approach. I like that. I come back the next year. New theme. Back to basics. <laughs> okay. Did you even do the challenger thing? Nope. <laughs> we talked about it. We had a lot of banners made and things like that. And then the third year, we're going to be account-based marketing. And you're like, mm-hmm. you are schizophrenic. That's, <laughs> that's what your problem is. And what happens is people start to wait you out because they think they always have a new thing and we never do it. So all I have to do is mm-hmm. just wait because this is going to die like the other ones. And then the second one that I would tell you is they give up too soon. They just give up too soon. Like it takes a long time. I think the way that this works is if you say something 10,000 times, you can expect one salesperson to take an action. That That's, I think, what the metric is. Like 10,000 times you say it, and then uh, the 10,000 and first time, they decide to do it one time. That's it. It's very hard if you give up. And if you're not constantly communicating, this is what I need from you. This is what we have to do to be successful. This is what clients need from us. You have to keep going over it and over it until it becomes true. If you say it once, it's not true. It's one of those things that was like, that was a really nice saying that Lee gave us. I mean, it was really cool. Uh, I like that. And I'm not going to do anything about it. <laughs> and, and, and that's mostly what happens. So a lot of this is just relentless communicating, asking people to uh, not to comply, but to commit to these things and then giving them that vision and tell them like, this is who we're going to be. If you read the book, 
I have a whole bunch of things in there that I tried to show people that I think about with my team. Like they should be the very best team in the industry. They should be that good. They should be that good that we differentiate just by our salespeople are better than other people's salespeople. And they should be, which is uh, often awkward for me when people, when they send me things and they say, we'd like to train your teams. And I'm like, really? Uh, (laughs) Would you teach them to say, uh, maybe look at my profile and decide whether or not you think I might really be a prospective client for you? And uh, that's a little bit just me being a little miffed with people not doing the work of Mm -hmm. looking at somebody and just automating their LinkedIn, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just so like I got a a thing from Amazon. Of course, that is an algorithm based. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. It it, it sent me a little thing. It's like, you might be interested in this in this book, Sales Credit, How Buyers Qualify. It is on book. I'm like, really? (laughs) I I was interested in that, by the way. Well, Lee, one of your big things is accountability, and we've talked about that on this show. And Anthony, you talk about positive culture of accountability, and is it possible to do that consistently? I mean, doesn't it depend on the recipients that you're holding accountable? And we've struggled with this topic on the show. You you have to have a non-punitive environment. So Mm -hmm. there there can't be penalties for failure in, in something where there's a high level of failure. I mean, if you get 45% win rates, you got a 55% loss rate, but it's probably enough for you to, to be in the stacked ranking pretty high up. So we, we can't punish people for those things, but we can have consequences. So if there are no consequences, then there is no accountability. Now, I like humane consequences, even though if you ask my children, uh, when I punish them, if they thought it was humane, they would tell you, no, it was brutal. And what I would do is I would just sit them down and I would say, we're just going to talk about character and values and who your friends are and things like that until I feel like you really understand what I'm saying. And that could be three or four or even nine hours of us talking before we get through that. And then I would just keep talking to them and pushing them and pushing them until they would say, just take my car keys. Just, just ground me. Just take the car keys. Like I just have to get out of this room. It's like, like water torture, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can talk for three the hours. Slow on drip. One breath. That's not a problem for me. But if you if you don't have consequences, there's no accountability. So you can start with, hey, I'm going to ask you to get some additional coaching. I'm going to ask you to take some online courses. And I want to meet with you and understand what changes you've made to your calendar and what you're doing. Now, that's humane. There's nothing punitive about it. I need you to get better at this and I need you to get the results. And you need that for you, too. Now, if somebody says, Lee, uh, go to hell, I'm not going to do any of those things. (laughs) You've met my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So then then you have to go a little bit further. So then I might say, uh, Lee. I need you to write a plan on what you're going to do to improve in this area. And have it done by and, noon. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and basically the first thing you do is you just reject it anyway. And you're like, I think you can do better. And, uh, and I need mm-hmm. to see more than this. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be a little bit miffed and that's okay. Cause now we've got their attention. There's really only one structure that we care about. So I'm going to coach, I'm going to train, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to give you resources 
I'm going to let you sit with people who are great at whatever you're not great at. So you can model them. I'm going to do everything in my power because I want clean hands. Like I did everything I could to save you. But now I have to tell you, I think you're a customer success guy. I, I think you're in the wrong role. You hate prospecting. Let's find some place for you in the business where you can be happy and successful uh, because you don't want to prospect. Okay. Then that'll be that. And then they might say, I'm not going to do that. Okay. And then if they say, I'm not going to do anything, then now I have to remove them. So I'm going to give them a, a lot of help, try to save them. I always think, how would I want my children to be taken care of in a situation like that? I want them to get help. Right. And then I'd want to see if there's another role that they could handle. And then I would want them to find another job where they can be successful. And I think that that's the order that you always do. That's these a things. nice framework. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. We've got a few minutes left. TheSalesBlog.com. Anna Reno is how you pronounce it, but your Twitter is I-A-N-N-A-R-I-N-O, LinkedIn. And are you still looking for clients? You want people to reach out to you? Obviously, and buy the book, folks. All five yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, that'd be great. And if you bought them for your entire team, that would be even better. Especially <laughs> if it's a team of, say, up, Sal? And they make great gifts for the holidays. <laughs> uh, you no, know, it's hard to sell books, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, but it's great. Anthony, we really appreciate it. This is great stuff. And congratulations on the new book. And on oh, to the next you. one. It's being uh, written right now. It is a non-sales, non-leadership book. Oh, really? That now you piqued my interest. All right. Can you disclose any more about that? I can tell you the name of the book. Oh, great. Exclusive. It's called The Negativity Fast. Ah, okay. And it's something I've done a number of times in my life. And it's very, very helpful for getting your mindset right and feeling a lot better and ignoring all the noise outside. I love it. Well, we Will look you... forward to having you back, on, back the show on the show. We can talk about that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Can't wait to see that. But first, they have to get through the rest of your book. So, you know, by all means, <laughs> thanks everyone, a lot. Go out, go out and get this. So, thanks for being on the show, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.